0: Chris Moore, we get together about twice a week and share what we have been chewing on in God's Word and uh, yak it up here for you guys at home or in the car or wherever you are. Hopefully, this is an encouragement to you. And we have with us this week Sean Duncan. It's Sha'boy. It's Sean. I can. I in my mind, I'm hearing like a soundboard of applause. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that?
1: Yeah. I. <laughs> I, the, I mean, the person listening, they were just clapping, and it was awesome. <laughs> Put your hands back on the wheel. <laughs>
0: um, are, is it you or Jarrell who have the running joke of if you guys will turn with me too? <laughs> that is Jarell. Jarrell also okay. has
1: the running joke of and then Paul said. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's you gotta love we you brought guys. That
1: always start the episode of like uh, today. I'm going to refer to him as Peter because it is Peter. <laughs> and then like three minutes in, it's like yeah, I'm Paul's. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Just he's recording with me after this. So, uh, so uh, and fun. every every time I listen to, him, I always think I'm gonna text draw right now. And I'm like, ah, he, he probably already knows. <laughs> very funny oh my goodness so
0: you are walking us through sermon on the mount yeah just
1: looking at paul's sermon and i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, yeah sermon on the mount still to this day uh jesus's longest recorded teaching meaty and it's to who it's to his disciples. It's to his disciples. And he starts off by telling them how blessed they are mm-hmm. um, because they're his disciples, not because of anything they've done, that they're blessed, that they sold the earth, that the lie of the world. And then Jesus tells them about who he is, that he is the one who is fulfilling the law and the prophets, both uh, in who he is and what he is doing, um, but also in what he is teaching and, and what he is showing it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. So he's talked about. Um, ethically, how to live, and he's taken um, commands that we might look at just as actions, and he's pushed them into heart motivations. And he's talked about um, our praying life, uh, praying, yes. our, our praying life, and <laughs> our giving, and um, our our fasting, and how it should be um, motivated by a desire to both be with and to be seen by God, our Father, who sees in secret, rather than to be seen merely by our peers. Cause if, if that's what we want to see very easy to achieve and that is our reward. We yep. have gotten it. Um, but last week we took a turn where he all, all throughout Jesus has been talking about this reward, this reward, this reward. And it really started in the Beatitudes where um, he said, blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness for you will be satisfied. And then um, the eighth one, blessed are you um, uh, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for there is the kingdom of heaven. And then he takes it a step further. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So we sort of started hearing about this reward, um, about those who live faithfully to God and desire God's righteousness and how they're rewarded. And what are they, what are they rewarded with? God's righteousness. That's the thing that they're Desiring And then so those spiritual disciplines of praying and fasting and um, giving to the needy, why do you do those things? Is it to be seen by your peers? No, well, you do those things because you you desire to be um, intimately involved in God's work in this world. And when you do that, like your father who is in heaven and who sees in secret, he sees you doing that. And he rewards you with the with the intimate relationship that you long for with him. Um, you have that now and you'll have that in eternity. Um, so the, then he takes that shift. And rather than talking about reward, he talks about treasure. So the thing that you value, the thing that you value and you store up, it actually shows you where your value is, like your own personal value. So he started talking about um, the things you lay up, what you're looking at. And then ultimately he culminated by saying, you cannot serve God in money. Um, your life is spent serving something or someone. And you, the thing that you serve is the thing that you are dependent on to provide for you. It's like the, this um, synergistic relationship where what I serve is actually the thing that I depend on to provide for me. And he just said, you can't serve God and money. Mm-hmm. So now he's going to take the turn and I'm just going to read the text and then we'll talk about it. Great. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There we go. There we go.
0: Okay, can I open this with a question?
1: Uh, Can I first start by saying that we just read nine verses? That... We, yeah. went, we went from doing one verse at a time to nine. We really do need to okay. take a moment and appreciate this. Yeah, go ahead and open it up.
0: <laughs> That's impressive. Thanks. The people at home are like, slow it down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, is he, is Jesus just talking about what we eat, what we drink, what we wear?
1: Or is there more to what he's saying? He's definitely not talking about less than those things. Okay. Um, let me take it a step further because I think we reduce it too far sometimes. And we read, this is how maybe sometimes we we blanket statement Jesus is teaching. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not what he says. Right. He doesn't say don't be anxious. Um, and th- it's a touchy issue right now um, because anxiety is um, heavily talked about in our culture. Yeah. Um, Anxiety is something that um, is a word frequently used and it has a lot more nuance on it now than it did when translators were using that word to to do this description. So um, the first thing just for clarity that Jesus is not saying is that for someone who struggles with anxiety, and when I say anxiety, I mean like a deep um, seated um, emotional turmoil where you don't know why you have it. Something happened in your past and you're not even really aware of it. And yet there's these things that trigger and all of a sudden you just become overwhelmed and and, and it feels like you have butterflies or your chest is getting tight. Uh, Well, Jesus has that in the garden of Gethsemane. Like he's like sweating blood and he's like, father, if this cup can pass from me let it pass from my hand. So like we could look at that and call it anxiety. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about a cognitive worry. Hmm. Um, Fear is uh, like a response to the known. Anxiety is basically a type of fear to the unknown. Like you're just like, you're feeling some sort of way about a thought about the future. So here's the example that Jesus gives. Don't be anxious about your life. And then he clarifies what that means, what you will eat or what you will drink. So the things that you eat or you drink, what do they sustain? Your body, your body, your life, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the way you live, your, your livelihood is sustained by food and water. Your most basic fundamental needs Then he says, um, also do not be anxious about your body. And he clarifies what you will put on. In other words, your clothing. So three fundamental basic needs, food, water, clothing. And to worry about those things, he says, Jesus is saying you're anxious about your life or you're anxious about your body. So to say, man, where is my... I'm not going to have enough money to buy some food tomorrow. Remember, he was just talking about money Yeah. last time we were together. Uh, what what am I going to do? Am I going to have to steal? Uh, am I going to have enough enough money to to buy some clothes uh, from H&M, those 1999 jeans that Sean's always wearing? <laughs> um, Good deal. If okay. you don't like H&M, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's where I shop. Um, yeah, so the first thing he's talking about is these basic fundamental needs and then worrying about where you're going to get them from. Uh, In other words, who's going to provide these things for me? Mm -hmm. Am I going to have to um, figure out a way to do it on my own? Am I the ultimate provider for my life? Is someone um, else the ultimate provider for my life? And if so, who? Well, he just said you can't serve God and money. And whoever you serve is also the one who you depend on to provide for you. So if you live your life enslaved to money, where you never have enough and the amount of money that you have is the thing that either um, gives you pride or crushes your integrity, well then, um, yeah, you're going to be worried about what you eat and drink and what you put on because you're worried about your finances. And Jesus is trying to reorient um, our understanding of how the cosmic order works, um, even with our money, to say that um, I didn't put these genes, these H&M, um, slim cut dark wash <laughs> jeans i did not put these on me mm-hmm. god did mm-hmm. did i use money to acquire them yes and who gave me that money mm-hmm. not ufc god did mm-hmm. so he's trying he he is just reorienting us and he does it with two um two really good illustrations the first one is birds of the air he says, look at the birds they have no storehouses they don't have bank accounts they don't have like a little, little nest where they're, they're putting their seeds and their sticks that they're going to eat later for tomorrow. Every day they just trust that God's going to provide them with what they need. And are you not more valuable to God than a bird? Did God make a bird in the image of God? No. <laughs> he made you in the image of God. He crowned you with honor and glory and righteousness. And, and then he put you over the birds. Mm-hmm. And God takes care of the birds. Yeah. so He'll take care of you. And then the other example he gives is, is flowers he's like man you're, you're so worried about the clothe, clothing you're gonna wear maybe you're worried about how you look in your clothing maybe you're worried about um, what clothing you're going to have if you're gonna have any he says look at the lilies they are beautiful and Solomon the wisest and richest king who ever lived in Israel he dressed real dapper I mean mm-hmm. he was a sharp dressed man what was that um, ZZ Top every girl's talking about a sharp dressed yeah that's ZZ Top <laughs> That was an unintentional ZZ Top reference in yeah, Eat This Scroll. Yeah, coming back. <laughs> uh, he's like, man, ZZ Top, or not ZZ Top, Solomon, King Solomon, not ZZ Top, Sean, get it Cut. <laughs> all right, back in action. He says Solomon dressed so nice and Solomon was not as pretty looking as a lily. Mm-hmm. Like lilies are more beautiful than the way Solomon was able to dress himself um, with all his, his luscious like silks that he had. And a lily has a very short lifespan, and God's the one who clothes them, as it were, and, and makes them beautiful. And like grass, they're here one day and then they're gone the next, and they're thrown into the fire to burn. So you could think of them almost as being um, meaningless and having no value. They're just kind of there, and then they're gone. They serve no purpose, really. You just look at them, and they're pretty. And got like Ecclesiastes and, coming through there. Yeah. And <laughs> the, oh, oh, dude. <laughs> Th- this whole section of Jesus's teaching. <laughs> uh huh. He, I am. Mm, 99.8% convinced that he's, he is fully riffing off of Ecclesiastes. Yeah. This entire section. Um, but if God makes and clothes and intentionally dresses a lily, won't he put some clothes on your back?
0: Mm.
1: So that's how Jesus is pushing this. And he, this is, he's using natural theology. Mm-hmm. Um, what we can know about God from the world around us. And, There's nothing in this world that exists apart from God or outside of God. We believe that um, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. That's what the Bible says. Um, There is no escaping from God's presence, whether you're in the height of heights uh, of heaven or you're in the depths of Sheol or you're out in the ocean or you're up in the mountains. God is there. So he is everywhere and he's also sustaining all things. Even Paul in the, at the Areopagus, he quotes um, one of their poets. He, in him, we live and move and have our being. And he's like, amen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the fact that your heart is beating right now and pushing blood through your veins is because God is sustaining it. Um, in the book of Hebrews, it says, the very beginning, it says that God is sustaining and upholding the universe by the power of his word, a.k.a. God, the son, the second person of the Trinity who right. became incarnate and is Jesus Christ talking right here. It's like God's taking care of you. Yeah. Like a- everything that you have is because God is providing. And not only does he provide it, he really, really loves you.
0: That to me reframes so much of how we behave mm-hmm. and how we think. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're, Jesus is talking about your needs, right? Mm-hmm. And what are you anxious about? What are you worried about? And I'm thinking, what do we spend our money on? Mm-hmm. What do we focus on? What are the words that come out of our mouths? Those that air mm-hmm. are those are molecules that Christ holds together. Yep. My tongue, my vocal cords, my lungs—I blaspheme or I do A, B, and C mm-hmm. because God sustains my anatomy to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, bonkers. Yep. Uh, very gracious God. Yeah, very yeah. gracious. And we talked about that like weeks and weeks ago. Mm-hmm. God's common grace, where He makes the sun rise on the good and the bad, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. He just lavishes the earth. Um, and his creation and his creatures with what they need to live and to yeah. flourish. Um, so same thing here. So this is in a, in a culture and he's talking to people who are the marginalized. Like those are the people he was going around healing and teaching and who started following him at this very beginning. So he is talking literally to people who worry about their food and their water and their clothing. Like mm. that, that is their number one worry. And he's saying, don't be anxious about it, mm. which is hard. So what he's not saying is um, to be careless. He's not saying be careless, but to be carefree, and those are different. Um, to be careless is is you know you're you waste your money, you're not wise with it. But to be carefree, be like, well, I only have a little bit of money. I'm gonna make this purchase. I, I need some I need some food, but it's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be okay because God's gonna take care of me, yeah. and then just to 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 move on and to keep going. So that that's just a push. There's a few therefores in this. There's the very beginning, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, which is what you eat and drink, nor about your body, which is what you put on. Because of course, as he says, um, life and the body are more than food and clothing. Then we have another, uh, therefore in verse 31, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then one more, therefore. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So what he's not saying is, uh, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Really, he's saying, worry about today. Yeah, <laughs> You have enough problems today to be worried about. You know? <laughs> how about instead of being so stressed about tomorrow, how about you go to work today and you do a really great job there? hmm worry about what is right before you tomorrow will be worried for itself. But so those therefores are, are helping us track with his applications. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first application that he kind of starts it off with um, is to, to not live um, with the assumption that your life and your body are just food and clothing. You are more than your basic needs. He is giving a statement of value. Mm. And that's what he's tracing through the entire time. You're you have more value than your food and your drink and your clothing. So you're more precious than a bird and you're more beautiful than a flower. That's Jesus' first statement. His, and then his second application um, is, is do not be so overwhelmed in anxiety that you're constantly like asking, like, what's gonna happen to me? But instead, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. And all the things you need beyond that will be given to you. So he's talking about a priority list. So, and that kind of comes back to what we were talking about last time we were together is where where your value is. It's not mm-hmm. wrong to value photos of your kid on your phone, but when you value photos of your kid on your phone more than you value God, it's a problem. Yeah. So it's just a priority list. Make the kingdom of God and his righteousness your number one priority. And what you will find is that you have everything you need because mm-hmm. you have it in Christ. If you have nothing in this world, but you have Jesus, you have everything. Yeah. But if you have everything in this world and you do not have Jesus, you have nothing. So that's the fundamental um, priority thing that he he's getting at is make sure kingdom of God and his righteousness is the number one priority. And then the final thing that he says in application is worry about today, you know, or the way he phrases it, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. You have things to care about today. So don't live in the unreal future. Anytime you're anxious, you're being the way Jesus is talking about it, you're being afraid of your imaginary future. Mm -hmm. It's not real. Yeah, It's never real until it's today. (laughs) So like (laughs) if I am worried about something that's going to happen tomorrow, it hasn't happened and it might not happen. So why would you let something that is not real in that moment, actually consume your life and he, i i like the verse right in the middle he gives this little caveat um in verse 27 he says and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life mm-hmm. just like practically speaking but let's just like forget all the theology chris what benefit in your life do you get by being anxious
0: oh man N- none none yeah
1: it just hurts your body Um, It actually decreases your lifespan, Mm -hmm. uh, at least according to like modern science and and health professionals. It takes years off of your life. It Mm -hmm. adds nothing um, and it makes you a miserable wreck. Yeah. It steals what you have today. Yeah. You just, you don't enjoy the present because you're constantly living in the future. That's not even real in the moment. And it actually decreases your health over a long period of time. So Mm -hmm. just practically speaking, being anxious being cognitively anxious about tomorrow gains you nothing should you prepare for the future yes you know look at the ants and how they work like they are very wise and how they they build and they work together and they store up for winter be like an ant but also be like a bird mm-hmm. and don't worry about your food for tomorrow because god's going to take care of you so that's this passage um who are you going to serve are you going to serve god and seek his kingdom and his righteousness? Or are you going to um, essentially either serve money or serve yourself where you try to be the commander and provider of your own life?
0: Yeah. Boy, that is a good reminder for all of us. Mm -hmm.
1: So I would say to anyone listening, go outside and look at the birds.
0: Yep, pick up bird watching. Yeah. Get a pair of binoculars.
1: It's a good theological practice.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. I I was talking to somebody a couple months ago and we came to the conclusion that people don't do enough like just window watching. Mm Mm-hmm. Or they just stare out the window. Yeah. They just relax for a little bit. Yeah. But you have to trust that, you know, the world will keep spinning if you take a break. Yeah. So, Well, uh, Sean, thank you so much for this reminder that ultimately it is the Lord that takes care of all of our needs. And we can trust him he's a good father if he takes care of the animals. He'll mm-hmm. take care of us.
1: Yeah. So. He knows what you need.
0: Yep. That is a good comforting message. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Sean, thank you so much. You bet. Yeah, we'll get you guys next time. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.